Welcome to Lancelot's Roundtable Podcast. On Lancelot's Roundtable Podcast, I gather people from Columbus, Ohio, and its surrounding areas, as well as folks from across the United States, in order to listen to their unique stories and life experiences. In having these long-form conversations, I hope to learn and grow and to bring you along in the journey. Thanks for listening. For first, took an Uber to deliver her baby while we hosted her daughter. Can you imagine Whoa. taking an Uber to the hospital to deliver your baby? No. And having nobody there while you're you were all by pushing? Her. She was all by herself. All by herself. It was not coronavirus. She wasn't like limited to one visitor. Yeah. She had nobody to go with her. I see these baby blue eyes look and his eyes get super huge as he sees the letter writing gear underneath my rack. Uh-huh. And he just stares a hole through me. Yeah. And I'm like, this is it. He's, he's going to kill me. Jeez. So we're walking down the hall, and this one of his his uh, roommates came up. There were three boys in, the, in this room. Came up, hey Richie, who's this guy? And he grabs me. He had little hands. He grabbed me by the by the pinky. This is my new pop. Whoa! So my I'm gosh. like turning away, trying not to like burst out in tears. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He was smart. He knew what was going. on. All right, everybody, welcome back to Lancelot's Roundtable. Now, before we get into today's episode, please consider supporting our work. We want to continue to bring you the best episodes we can. Here's how you can support. First, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. It really helps people find us. Please share this podcast with your friends and family. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Finally, please consider making a $5 donation by going to our Instagram page and clicking the link in the bio. Thank you so much for the support. This episode has been brought to you by Orphan World Relief. Since its founding in 2008, Orphan World Relief has built strong partnerships with churches, businesses, and other nonprofit organizations and people just like you. In order to help children in crisis, including those living as orphans and refugees, kids entering foster care for the first time, older children aging out of the foster care system, and families as they deal with the stress and trauma of foster care and adoption. Want to know more? Head over to OrphanWorldRelief.org to see how you can help by volunteering and or donating. Orphan World Relief. Hope changes everything. All right, so for today's episode, I'm pleased to welcome back to the roundtable Alex Markley, whom you may remember from Season 2, Episode 20, Creative Online Entrepreneurship. That's hard to say. Hey, Alex, welcome back. Alex is the founder of Markley Bros Entertainment and the one who tries, sometimes successfully, to get everyone at Markley Bros Entertainment rowing in the same direction. With Alex, I've invited Susie Reed. Susie is one of the first generation of Markley siblings. She's been performing, crewing, and generally driving Markley Bros Entertainment productions since the beginning. Yeah, driving it all the way. (laughs) You may ask, what is Markley Bros Entertainment? Great question. Markley Bros Entertainment is an independent film studio and comedy troupe based in Columbus, Ohio. They're family-owned and operated, fan-supported, and mission-oriented. Their productions include The Malik's Minute, Ohioville 9 Nightly News, one of my favorites, Danger Couch, and more. Not only have they created a number of original, unique shows, they have also produced hundreds of episodes of original content. They exist to make the best entertainment possible, publish it on the internet, and create a welcoming space for people to connect. 
their mission to create genuine connections with folks by tearing down walls with the shared experience of laughter is as important and subversive as ever in our divisive culture. And it drives everything they do. Check them out at mbe.tv. Alex, Susie, welcome to the roundtable. Hello. Thank you for having us. I'm impressed that you had me back after the last time. <laughs> after, after, the, after the amazing events of the after first After the time. debacle that it was. <laughs> now everybody's going to go check out that episode. Because they're no, like, no. ooh, what happened? <laughs> what happened? I want to hear about the drama. <laughs> Tell us about the insurance claims that inevitably followed. <laughs> what the heck? So uh, it's really exciting to have you guys on now. Uh, you guys are coming off your, oh, I'm about to start a... Uh, about started a trailer or something here, yeah. but uh, we came off. Uh, we're coming off of your guys's em- EmberCon, uh, which was EmberCon 2023, which I uh, which I got to go to. It was here in Columbus, Ohio, yeah, and we, it was an awesome event. We were delighted to have you. Awesome Thank you to have coming. you. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about EmberCon. Yeah, well, EmberCon is the logical uh, extension. It's it's the logical next step for the yearly update uh, events that we've been doing for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started out with, you know, just YouTube live streams, um, you know, pulling some people in on Discord and doing some raffles and games and basically just doing a virtual event where we could talk about uh, what was new in the community, what we were hoping, you know, what we had accomplished in the previous year and what we were hoping right. for for the next year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was it was fun to like look back and look ahead, mm-hmm. make some promises of things that we want to achieve, and you know show and talk about how we had fulfilled the prior years, you know promises or met prior years goals or right. or failed to do so yeah miserably. or failed to do <laughs> so <laughs> you know sometimes we set a bar that's pretty darn high for ourselves yep, yep. maybe a little too high <laughs> but I mean I went to the event it was it was awesome i mean there was a nice crowd of people it was all streamed you had sound people you had cameras rolling you had lights so you set up at a local Mm co-hatch and this isn't your guys's full-time job this is this is side gigs you both have families you both have kids and you guys were still able you and your team were still able to like pull this whole thing together and you hadn't done an event like this before, right? Yeah, I mean, we've had experience doing, uh, you know, different kinds of events, whether it's um, going to comic conventions. I think last time uh, I was on the show, we were we were talking about hope, hoping to have a good year of going out to comic conventions right. and meeting with people. Um, that went really well. We actually did four events um, last year mm-hmm. uh, out on, on just some local... Uh, local-ish comic conventions. Where all did you go? What were the four places people might recognize? Uh, So we were at at, uh, Cleveland Fan Expo. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went to um, Capital City Comic Con in Lansing. We went to... Cincinnati Comic Con. Yep, the the Cincinnati Comic... uh, I think Cincinnati Comic Expo and um, the Knoxville, uh, Fanboy Knoxville. Mm -hmm. Got it. So... Uh, but, but, you know, I've spoken at, um, you know, some different tech conferences and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've, I've thrown the occasional rave or two, so <laughs> you know how to, I know how to do it. <laughs> but I mean, you had, I mean, it's another thing. Cause I just, I want to get 
allow people that are listening that don't know you guys to get a sense of maybe the scale of this thing. Because you had people flying in, right, from yeah. out of state to come to this event. Like people that have been following your content. People who were, you know, and are members of our community online, mm-hmm. which, you know, we say we, we produce shows and have videos, but it's all online. And um, we would love to do more live and in-person things, but we we generate videos and put them online. Mm-hmm. And our community is online. So people can be part of that. They're welcome to. You, listeners, whoever you are, are all welcome to be part of our community online where we, you know share laughter and, and comedy and get, you know, have good times. And we're always willing and ready to, to get real with people and, and listen and, and have deep, meaningful conversations or, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool atmosphere. But in that, in that case, we were building relationships with some of our community members that were deep Mm -hmm. enough that they, they were willing to and wanted to, fly out to be in person yeah. for this event. So that was really humbling. It was really insane, kind of mind blowing. For sure. <laughs> but uh it was really cool. Yeah. yeah. We had we had about thirty people mm-hmm. um come to the event. Uh there were four different states represented, of course Ohio, but also mm-hmm. uh Kentucky, Michigan and um and all the way as far as Boston. Wow. Um which I realize is not a state. But, you know, Massachusetts. Yeah. Like, the state I was of like, Boston. My, my geography, uh, <laughs> lack of geog- geog- geography skills was, was because when you said Boston, I was like, oh, crud, what state is that in? <laughs> Massachusetts. Washington, D.C. No, nope, nope. Also, not, also a state. not a state. That's right. <laughs> right. But, you know, with having uh, 300 or so folks on our Discord server, mm-hmm. um, having, you know, fully 10% of those, uh, you know, or at least that number, right? Fully 10% uh, coming to an in-person, our first in-person Mark Lee Bros Entertainment event uh, was, you know, like Susie said, it was a, a humbling experience. It was a fantastic experience. The energy was off the charts and mm-hmm. we're, we were, uh, we're just excited about how it turned out. Yeah. So like, when did you first start planning for this particular event? Well, I think we talked about it in our December event uh, the year before. So, uh, and I don't mean, you know, I know, I know um, we, we've always done kind of a year-end event. We decided to push it to beginning of the year event mm-hmm. instead of, because December is hard for people to do stuff. Holidays and whatnot. So technically speaking, there was no yearly MBE update in 2022. Got it. Right. The last right. the last one was at the end of 2021, um, which, you know, I was just getting ready for the last time I was um, sitting down with you for right. our last conversation. Uh, we were talking about that, uh, how we were hoping that was going to go well. It did. It went really well. And I alluded at the time that I, I was hoping we were going to um, we were going to uh, that that 2022 is going to be the year of. Uh, some more in-person events. Yeah. Obviously the comic cons that we went to, but also um, I wanted, I wanted that event to be the last virtual, the last fully virtual uh, yearly MBE. Update. The December 2021. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, as the virtual events were going really well, mm-hmm. there was a lot of engagement and each year it was bigger, like more people showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt like the right time to move forward to, in person, 
you know, still making it virtual and accessible to everybody who's part of our community, which I'm guessing that we'll always do, you know, um, I don't think we'll do exclusively in-person events because our community is largely online. Um, But there were people who flew in who wanted to come back next year for it. Mm -hmm. And there were people who didn't fly in, you know, attended virtually who said, yeah, I think I want to come next year. So that's exciting. And also, I guess we're, I guess we're throwing one next year. We're on the hook. Now. Yeah, they they uh, <laughs> informed me that this was happening again. So I the, guess it's the happening fans. Again. Yes, yes. The community. Yes. Yeah. You will be doing this next year. They were year. like, oh, great. Next year I'm coming. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to make it happen then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is news to me. Which is exciting. I mean, ho- we're hoping it's an annual thing, but it's kind of cool when people just take that for granted because yeah. they want to be there. Yeah. But I mean, t- let's talk about like the work that you guys had to put in to do this like when did your like i mean you have to plan right so you have yes. to plan for what you're going to do you have to plan for where it's going to be what your different things are going to be because you had multiple segments right mm-hmm. you had like your thing where you came up and you talked about what you talked about and then you had hannah your wife come up and she talked about what she the shop the online shop mm-hmm. and then i think you came up and you talked about some stuff i was hosting really like the raffle prize right. stuff um right. and also giving like community updates and just some numbers about how the community has grown and yeah all of that and then you had a live danger couch yes we did do a live danger that was couch. so fun so if you if y'all have if y'all like youtube get on youtube and look for markley bros entertainment look for their danger couch episodes they're short they don't and they're really fun our kids love them I, show, nice. I showed our kids them multiple times and they always like laugh a lot with them, Good. but they're really fun do you, episodes. Um, do you have any money set aside for the therapy? The, I <laughs> do. Okay. I do. There, there is actually a therapy fund for okay, the great. kids. Yeah. Perfect. Then, for then all let the it, therapy needs. Let them, let them watch as much as you want. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so let's talk about, again, let's talk about just, just tell people about like, because you, it's obviously like a whole crew of you. Like you guys mm-hmm. are just two of the people on the team, and you have a decent team. But let's just talk about the setup for Embercom. What sure. was that like? Well, so you know, the the planning definitely started um, several months beforehand. You know, I would say in in the October, uh, September, October timeframe. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there are some advantages, right? Number one, like I said, it, it grew naturally out of our annual updates mm-hmm. anyway. So. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's not a separate piece of content. It's it's really just kind of telling the story of what we're already passionate about, what we're already working on through the year. So, uh, so, so the content kind of naturally rose out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was around you know wanting to provide people sneak peeks of some content that that had not been released yet, right? Which you know we're producing that content anyway, so. We're doing we're doing the work. We're engaging with the community and and making updates every year. Mm-hmm. And so then talking about those updates and 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 that um, is 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 pretty natural. You know, setting up the equipment, doing the filming, all of that kind of stuff. That's pretty natural for us already. We right. do that kind of thing at least once a month. So not to not to undersell it. Certainly, it's a lot of work, and certainly, you know, it's it it is it is different. But it's not so much different that it's like miles apart from what we've already, you know, been been doing, been pretty, uh, pretty good at. So an early start to planning this kind of thing includes like just making to-do lists, you Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're brainstorming. Okay. Well, what do you want 
to happen at this event. Okay. How do we need, what do we need to get done in order to make that happen? Um, So as a company that's trying to make stuff happen, even on spare time (laughs) and with jobs and families, it's, it's like staying on top of the to-do list or the Kanban board or, you know, whatever, whatever way you track your jobs. But we, we have a Kanban board that we can all access online Mm -hmm. and, you know, write down things that we have to do and keep track of where those things are in the columns. Like, okay, this thing's in working because I'm working on it or these things are done or this thing has been ordered and we're waiting. So it's in this other call, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's Alex does a, a fabulous job of let me keep track of all of the things that need done. There are a lot of moving parts. Right. And if you are not a parent, let me tell you, if you're, once you become a parent and your brain is, turned into Swiss cheese, you will not remember things. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of impossible to keep track of things or keep things organized unless you do write things down or, you know, stay on top of that kind of thing. Alex does a great job of that. Um, yeah. I think Thank you. Uh, since we started and have been actively using our like online Kanban board, he's been able to keep the team moving in the same direction uh, way better. <laughs> and it's, it's been a lot more productive. Tell me about the Kanban board. Um, yeah. Well, do you, do you Yeah, I mean, you it's, go for it. I don't know how well some of these like things or phrases are uh, recognized. So when I say Kanban board, my husband's like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. We use that at work. <laughs> but like a lot of people don't. Sure. So um, the idea, I think it comes from. I'm going to get in trouble here. It's, <laughs> it's a cultural it's a cultural thing that started in a different culture than mine. <laughs> Do you want a lifeline here? Yep. Yep. I'm tapping All right, out. So, I'm okay. Tapping out. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, you, you know that I come from the software industry yes. and the software industry recently had a, a, and by recently, I mean in the past, you know, 10, 15 years, yep. had a complete, you know, methodology, me- methodology shift, mm-hmm. uh, that, that started with, you know, basically the agile manifesto yep. and switching to agile, manif- you know, a- agile um, mindsets for how to do work. Yep. And there are a ton of, um, you know, techniques and things that have come out of that, that I believe I, I have, a, I have a very strong belief that agile uh, methodologies can have a, a really big impact on general productivity. Mm-hmm. So, um, Kanban is one scrum is another, yep. you know, there's, there's a handful of different, um, tools and techniques that can be, that can be leveraged. But the idea is to really unleash the power of your team mm-hmm. and to give them the tools that they need to feel empowered to succeed. Yep. Uh, it's very, very hard to do this with organizations of any size. And once you get past like two people, you know, it, it can be hard for myself because I'm like Susie said, and I, I've, you know, I've got kids, uh, I have sleepless nights and my brain is full of mush. And so it's, can, it can be difficult for me to be sure exactly what I should be doing next. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, am I even still progressing in the right direction today? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't <laughs> even fully understand it all because yes, I have kids too, um, but I don't have an external job, which is awesome. I know that having kids and homeschooling them is a full-time job. Big time. Just, you know, paid less than <laughs> normal. 
<laughs> but uh, you are paid less. Yeah, as a stay-at-home um, mom. Alex sure. has to, you know, be active. You know, father and doing this side hobby, which he's doing the most out of all of us. And he has a full-time job that is extremely stressful and more than forty hours a week. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, hats off over there, but <laughs> well, I mean, agile methodology is that's not an acronym. It's just like a term of for, for term. describing the methodology. So like a project management type of a setup. Yeah. Agile. Yeah. I think project management is, uh, one of the things that will naturally come out of, um, an agile, you know, agile methods applied. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know the 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 methods all really do start from this this manifesto, which it's it's not very long. Um, you know, I, I'm not even going to try to quote it because it's you know I do not have it memorized. But but it it basically it basically says you know let's uh, let's prioritize you know people over process. Yep. Let's prioritize you know in the agile manifesto it says you know working software over mm-hmm. documentation, but in my way of thinking, applying it more widely, it's let's prioritize, you know, uh, let's, let's prioritize outcomes over, um, uh, over our, you know, the, the, the prescription, right? So, and, and in particular, I kind of, I, I know Susie just said this as like a to-do list, but I kind of like wince when people talk about it as a to-do list because it is absolutely not a to-do list Mm. because a to-do list is a sequence of things that you have to do. Right. Whereas a Kanban board, it should encapsulate a, um, a collection of outcomes that you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And so it empowers the people who are doing the work to, um, figure out for themselves or not, not figure out, but like to, to be free to do it. However, they've, feel is, is best. And in particular, I think this has a lot of value for creative work Mm. because, you know, creatives are ungovernable for one thing, (laughs) (laughs) but also, you know, you really do want people to feel empowered and feel like they have ownership over what they're working on. Right. And also make sure that everybody is still rowing the same direction. You can really do that by like handcuffing people mm-hmm. um, and then they burn out and leave or right. you can do it by really casting strong vision, empowering people and pointing at the horizon. Yeah. Right. And that's um, I think uh, again, really kind of came out of the software world, but I think it's broadly applicable. Oh, hundred yeah. percent. I think he's been doing a great job at it. Cause if I ever start burning out and feeling like I'm, I'm out of here, Alex, you know, he <laughs> handles it really well. <laughs> How often has that happened? You know, maybe twice. <laughs> twice. Twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know what? It's been, it's, I don't think we've ever said here on the podcast that I'm your sister. What? That's true. Actually. <laughs> what? Oh, um, yeah. I mean, well, I no, mean, siblings, the, Markley the siblings, bio yeah. that I read said, <laughs> said family owned and operated. So yeah, no, it was it all like implied, infers, right? But and being introduced. No, you know, yeah, I'm, you were the, the, the among the first generation of Markley siblings, right? Yeah. But, so you're but, my little sister. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, that that is a good clarification to say. is like you are siblings. And so, yeah, you can see some side. siblings helped and hung out, and they're like, we're out of here, bro. But but the littlest sister who's been cheering on the dreams and the, and the pipe dreams and trying to help make it happen since the beginning, like, yeah, I mean, I've... I've I've maybe gotten kind of burnt out and needed a little bit of a pep talk or needed something. I would say twice, 
Yeah. Actually. And that's, you know, through all of life's ups and downs, including having children and postpartum and depression. And I, yeah. that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Only twice. Yeah. That's, yeah. And you've been how many years? I mean, well, when did Mark Libro start, Alex? In 2009? Uh, we formed our first LLC in 2005. 2005. Okay. I was 11. And I was um, handling the uh, sound equipment and doing the audio editing for our podcast, which was as an 11 year old once a week for four years. Yeah. So wow. there you never go. Missed people. A week. Child labor leads to burnout. <laughs> Cautionary tale. No, no, no. I'd never burned out as a child, just as a, as a, all as of a the mom. other responsibilities At, with homeschooling. And yes. Like, oh man, dang it. I think the kids are more important than this, this comedy video I'm trying to edit. Now yeah. it's just like, no, no, let me take you out to breakfast and <laughs> remind you that, Markley Bros is more important than your kids. No, I'm just I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, it's actually been pretty awesome because the the prioritizing people over process. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's cool to see. Like, no, actually, the priorities within our little company are always the people. And Which Alex, is huge. Alex's kids, his family, and my kids and my family are always very obviously a higher priority, priority yeah. than whatever content we're trying to create. And I, I, that's something I appreciate. It is, you can't put a value on that, you know? And if yeah. it were not for that obvious prioritization, this is something I would not be able to maintain right. while being a full-time mom. Right. Yeah. No, there's, there's no way. And valuing people over anything else is really, really important and maybe slightly, maybe slightly nuanced. But if you can prioritize the people, then the morale stays up. And it, then it doesn't become about then it, I think, I think that's the whole thing is like you, you champion people and you give them the tools that they need to succeed and then it becomes more fun. I think that's what stands out about our community mm. because we do prioritize the people mm-hmm. in the community. Um, they, they're kind of the reason we do what we do. Tell me more about that. And uh, I think it stands out in a crowd at a comic con mm. or at where, you know, you're, you're in a, in a sea of people looking at cool stuff and most of the vendors at a comic con are trying to sell stuff. Right. And we were there trying to get people Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just make friends, you know, introduce show like, see, you know, and there's a lot of intersection of people's interests at a comic con when it comes to our comedy and some sometimes dark sense of humor or, you know, some of the twisted world events of Malik's minute, universe. Um, but like there's just a genuine spark in someone's eyes when they see that you care more about them than your company or making a sale or, you know, that, that you're actually going to spend time on them or with them. Yeah. It matters to people. Yep. You know, and it's, it's not uh, typical. No, it's very unique. Yeah. That kind of that kind of approach. I think that we're we're blessed to have that kind of approach. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm I'm glad that that we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You do the all of the video editing, right? I do a majority of the video editing. Um there there are definitely tag team operations. We we all wear more than one hat mm. around. <laughs> yeah, you probably and, have to, right? Yeah. Alex definitely does the majority of video editing when it comes to the Malik's minute. Um, that is, that is our highest priority 
production. It is the uh, the biggest show that we do. It's the one we spend the most time, effort, dollars on. Um, and I have assisted with editing those episodes in the past. Um, but usually I'm just like 100% control of editing Danger Couch. Mm-hmm. And I edit the majority of Ohioville 9. Because those are, we produce them more regularly, mm-hmm. they're faster, and me handling the editing on that allows for more time for Alex on bigger behind-the-scenes things. You know, like like arranging an Embercon or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I think we kind of talked last time a little bit about the way that um, I view technology as enabling creative processes and mm-hmm. um, and really you know trying to use the technology as a as a big lever to move larger rocks mm-hmm. and so we have kind of a pattern of um as a as a group you know and i've i've learned a lot about leadership and learned a lot about <laughs> how to you know how to um you know uh drive you know productivity and form teams and help people like succeed mm-hmm. you know and and um we have a pattern of you know, figuring out some new thing with some new technology or some new approach, some new technique, mm-hmm. um, and experimenting with it at small scales before really putting it into practice on a larger scale with a more regular thing. So you'll notice, you know, right now we have two shows that are happening on a regular basis. Uh, every single month we have, um, we've committed to doing two, uh, um, two danger couches and two Ohioville nine nightly news. Mm-hmm. None of those really involve any experimental technology. Got it. Ex- you know, so occasionally here and there we'll introduce something new mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of risk, but for the most part, those are well-trodden paths. We, we understand how to do those things. Those are pretty well, you know, if not documented, at least we have, you know, we have the experience we have, the, the skill among the team, you know, and, uh, you know, Susie has been fantastic. She is employee number one. Um, <laughs> hey, you get a raise. Actually, literally the only one who gets paid actually. Well, for no, this not job. anymore. <gasps> Hannah is employee right. number two. That's right. Hannah, yeah. Hannah, yeah. Hannah got paid later than I did. But <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was the first. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm paid below market value. Below but. minimum wage, even it's not even legal. <laughs> but you know, I think we're, uh, we we we're, uh, we're getting there. We're 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 working toward you know real real employee yeah. employee uh, you know benefits and stuff mm-hmm. like fair c- compensation and mm-hmm. you know fewer beatings. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, giving you know, Sus- basically, Susie has been uh, just this incredible like stabilizing and scaling force mm-hmm. that we can, cause you know, again, I have my day job and you know, we have a lot of aspirations, whether it's something like Embercon or expanding the Malik's minute or the other big update that we haven't discussed yet mm-hmm. uh, that was announced at Embercon. And those are things that are going to take an enormous amount of my time and right. my energy and my attention, like a hundred percent of my energy and attention mm-hmm. for weeks and weeks on end. And Susie can basically take a pipeline of, content and just continue to burn through it yep. so that we can then on the other end of that produce, you know, reliable, stable updates that people can enjoy and, and that keep people coming back. Yeah. So it's been fantastic and, and just a, an enormous, I mean, it's been, a, it's been a huge godsend for her to, to be able to actually 
devote some hours and then yep. take that like financial remuneration and, and yeah. use that to, you know, whatever, make that possible. Yeah. Using, using that for off and on babysitting mm-hmm. for a certain time to, to actually be able to edit. Mm-hmm. Um, babysitters, man, I'll tell you. They expect to me, be paid. Let me know if you know any who actually can handle a, a struggling pair of children. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, not easy to find. Yeah. So I've, I've, and they're getting older and a little more independent. They, 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 my two kids play together really well. So I've, I've not been using babysitting as much. Um, but, uh, having some spare dollars to get takeout or something when, when you need, you know, that those are great motivators for getting that, getting that work done or burning and midnight oil trying to edit absolutely so So tell us a little bit more about what it's like to like when you started editing like when did you because that's not something you can just like pick up and do it's something you have to learn oh well um i (laughs) learned editing from my sister probably when i was like 12 i think before that though you started with the malik's the very first editing i had was the audio editing and i used um program called audacity yeah and yeah um that's a, I, that's a pretty famous free to use, right? Yeah, it's free mm-hmm. to use. It's it's great. It's fantastic. I almost went that route, but I ended up on GarageBand. So so How young Susie, you? eleven or twelve? Uh, yeah, I I I must have been about eleven um, or younger. I don't rem- I don't think that did we have our first LLC when we were producing the Malik's Minute? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I wasn't the only, um, Alice and Gabe, two of our other siblings did do the audio editing for the Malik's Minute. Yeah. Um, I eventually took over mm-hmm. and I did the majority, um, and did it until the, uh, till the show went on a hiatus. Um, but was it a steep learning curve or did you kind of take to it pretty quickly? I think I took to it pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, you know, and I, kids learn so quickly when yes. they're young. This was another example, too, of early Alex really not understanding the people over process idea sure. at all. Um, because I remember literally handing, whether it was, you know, uh, whichever sibling it was, I had written a manual on how to edit a Malik's Minute episode. And it was literally like more than 10 pages of exact steps, like exactly prescribed steps of what to do. <laughs> It wasn't me. I Did got, you read it? I got a walkthrough. It wasn't me. I, yeah, it must have been Alice. I don't remember uh, who, If it was who me, I burned it. I would not have... I don't read. He knows this. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure can? this manual was completely useless, but that I put a lot of effort into that yeah. documentation. That was a huge lift for you, but it didn't really oh, pay yeah. off. Well, I wanted to make sure I had exacting control yeah. over Micromanagement. every single thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's come a long way. <laughs> from that, from yeah, absolute yeah. control. He's he's learned that things don't get done when you do it that way. Yeah. Um, yep. He's, Yeah. <laughs> But Gabe just taught me it was like a hands-on, like, hey, this is how I'm doing it and showing me. And so I started started doing that. But this got, is the audio. Yeah, just audio. doing audio. And it, it okay. was like once a week episode yeah. Yeah. that would take about an hour or two hours to edit through. And how long was the episode? The episodes, the Malik's Minute was supposed to be about a minute. And mm. if it was longer, you would lose your will to live. However, <laughs> those are a quote. Um, however... <laughs> um, most episodes, I think the average was about four, five minutes. Four, um, five, four minutes, or five minutes. But it's taking you an hour to an hour and a half to edit. Yeah. To highly, cut down the content. Highly scripted. And to get it to that 
yep. time frame. Because if you are trying to hit a specific mark or in terms of length and you have a ton of content, it is hard to cut it down well, and, and yeah, have what you want. Uh, what the thing was that the micromanagement had a long way to come. Mm-hmm. And so in the actual recording of the show, somebody would have to redo their line like 18 times because they didn't do it exactly right. So I just skipped to, you know, do, 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 do. okay, this is the last take. That's and one you would Alex have, said When you're going good. through this, you have no idea which one is the right take. It's the last one. It's always the last one. Almost always. But you don't know where the last one is. Well, and I would sit there while recording. Even if I wasn't in the episode, I was the one sitting looking at the the mixer. Got it. Soundboard, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And saying peak if they peaked. And they would have to redo it. If they peaked, they had to redo it. Peaking is what we were talking about earlier when you're overloading... You mic. talked too loud on the yep. mic and it was too much for or the mic. Or we'd have to turn down the gain so they could like, ah, without peaking. Because yeah. there was a lot of screaming, you know. Th- this yeah. show, it's important to, to keep in mind, editing editing scripted content is very different from editing unscripted content. A- absolutely. Tell us more. Well, like in this context, we're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure you're going to trim it down some and, you know, do some, some light editing. But it's mostly that the job of, uh, editing unscripted content is mostly technical. Correct. It's mostly we need to hit maybe a particular time. We need to make sure that everything is audible, mm-hmm. right? Any any glitches get trimmed out, right? right? Whereas the goal of a scripted content editing is to um is to be faithful to both the the script or the screenplay and mm-hmm. the director's vision. Yeah. So um, it t- you know the ratio of effort to minutes of content it's way different. It's like, yeah. it's like, te- it's like 10, 10 to one compared to unscripted content in oh, terms yeah. of the amount of effort to minutes of content. Yeah. And hence, I mean, I know you mentioned Ohioville nine nightly news is one of your favorites. Yes. Um, it is scripted as opposed to danger couch, which we've been able to produce way more danger couch over the past two years, um, yeah. year and a half than, than you know, scripted content, because like Alex was saying, unscripted is so much easier. So yeah. the Malik's minute was scripted and, you know, you'd sit there with the actual script mm-hmm. and go off of that. Like, okay, this line, then that line. And I'm cutting, making things as quick paced as possible. Yep. Any blank space was cut out. And if you listen, those episodes were pretty tight. Any yes. sound effects that are listed in the episode, we're adding those in. You yep. know, the intro, we're always timing it. So the music's, as soon as the music ends, the first line comes in on beat yeah. with the yep. music, you yep. know, all, all these fun things. It was a great learning experience. And if anyone looks back and is like, whoa, you were, were forced into an hour, two hours of work every week when you were 11. Uh, uh, it was uh, amazing. Uh, uh. I'm so glad I had that. Yeah. And if anyone out there is looking for a video editor, too bad. I'm taken. And <laughs> I'm amazingly fast at what I do because yeah. of all the experience. All the, all the practice and experience. It only makes you better. Yeah. yeah. And well, so, and that, uh, that you know. audio editing foundation then really. Yes. Oh, it paid off it, it, big it, time. It, it forms the basis of video editing. It's not that different of a concept. Right. Yeah. And so my first experience with video editing was on Final Cut. Yeah. My sister had acquired and was using for some like side pet projects and and goofy videos we would take a movie and put it to music mm-hmm. and like cut together and i was really good at getting things on beat and it, we we did a couple of those projects together yeah. it was very fun and she was so patient and showing me how it worked yep um I feel, so, yeah i feel like audio editing has to be a really good 
um, foundation, but to kind of reinforce what you both are saying, yeah, for this, it's unscripted. I'm just talking. And so the editing takes a long time because I'm listening to an hour to an hour and a half of content, and then I have to pause, and I take down notes for all the minutes of the episode. But in order to actually edit the audio, it's really the most of the work is editing the uh, the intro and the outro because I have to make sure that the music is at the right level versus whatever I'm saying. And that if I need to move around or cut anything, it's literally, like you said, it's just like glitch stuff. It's not, oh, we need to make sure that this is tight in this mm. area. I don't have to do any of that. But when you're when you're talking about editing an episode like your yours, there are specific instances that you want. And there's probably plenty of stuff that you don't need. So figuring out that and then put throwing in an extra. That was one thing I was talking with my buddy. Um, I've talked about them on this episode because they were they were on the first two episodes of um, season two, the Operation Red Pill guys, uh, Jason and Christopher. I was talking with my buddy Jason from Operation Red Pill podcast, and he always kind of helps me out with like audio stuff and rec- recording stuff and everything. He was just kind of showing me a couple like little tricks on where to bring down the music that's going on in the background so that it doesn't take over what the per- when I'm talking and then when mm-hmm. to bring back the sound and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm always learning like loads of stuff because there's tons of stuff to learn. But then to throw in video on top of that, I, I just can't imagine. And if I was trying to learn this stuff from now. scratch now as a parent, there'd be no way. But Game I had over. such a big basis for it. I mean, even now we're like switching to a different software for video editing, mm-hmm. which I've done. Um, I went from Final Cut Pro to working with Adobe Premiere Pro, mm-hmm. um, and it was a very small learning curve because mm-hmm. one editing software is very similar to another. Sure. And I'm kind of good at figuring stuff out, but we're switching now to another one, and I'm there are more bumps and hiccups in that one. <laughs> We're new still in things. the process. I'm like, yeah. man, I'm getting old. <laughs> Get too old. For- I'm currently 28. And I'm like, ah, I'm too old for too this. Old for this <laughs> yeah. Well, this is another example. I'm, I keep, keep uh, harping on this, but you know, yeah. another example of like process or over specification of what, of, of the exact steps that you want someone to do is not necessarily the best way because um, number one, it doesn't, you know, like we said, it, it, it creates friction and burnout for people mm-hmm. maybe who are, you know, otherwise like would, would be great. Would flourish. To, to, they would flourish yeah. if, if they could be let free to, to do it. But the other thing is internally for yourself, like if your goal in learning something new is what button do I press, then you are going to be. Uh, you're, you're going to be putting yourself at a disadvantage when the next version comes out and they moved the button. Yeah. Um, or when you, for whatever reason, need to move from audio to video or you need to move from one video editing software to another video editing software. So um, so it's not just people over process. It's also for yourself. It's principles over process. Mm. So the idea is if you can learn like what is happening and get a, a mental model for what's happening, then those those are going to be more broadly applicable than what button do I press? Alex yeah. is still patiently trying to walk me through this and uh, and encourage me to take this the right way because usually I'll I'll call him saying what what button do I press and he's like so here's how the how it works here's and I'm how like we should think no, about this problem I don't want to learn I'm just I want to know what button he's like yes but th- this is how it works and I'm like ah you're right I should listen 
and learn. <laughs> so like what you're describing though, is, is like, instead of thinking, I think this is what you're describing. You can correct me, but basically instead of just thinking about things of, it was like, here's the button that you push to cut. And then here's the button that you push to bring something together. And here's the button that you push to delete. And then you bring it together and then retie it together. Instead of just thinking about it that way, think about more broadly the the tool that you're using as a tool mm-hmm. and how you can take advantage of learning the tool so that you can then become more efficient. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's it's again, it's thinking more uh, outcome based mm-hmm. than task based. So, so, an example I can think of uh, a very specific one is um, I just want to know how to tweak the colors in the video to make it look the way we want it to look. And um, instead of just handing me a list of like, okay, well, you're going to set shadows to minus 10 and contrast to 10. Like Mm. instead of giving me the numbers, he's showing me where to look at the Lumetri scale and how to see where the colors are and Mm. explaining like sound waves. We don't want the color to peek out where we can't see it. Mm. We want it because every time we film, Lighting is going to be changing oh, yeah. on and off or oh, different. Yeah. And uh, he wants me to be able to get the colors to where they're supposed to be no matter what the yeah. setup is, which makes sense. It just takes a little bit more brain power and a little bit more like, okay, let me actually yeah. learn and be willing to learn, you know, color theory or, <laughs> yeah, you know. Well, it's you learning to be agile in a dynamic environment. Yep. So there's all these dynamic variables that come into play, and then you then you need to be smarter than you know a zero and one, and and to think about everything very dynamically, and to come out with the outcome that you're looking for. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow, I mean, even intense. even an example right here, like you know, you've got these new mic preamps, right? Mm-hmm. You've got these plugged in. Yeah. And they're you know they're really value valuable and really important tools. Yeah that you may need depending on the situation, mm-hmm. but you may not need them depending on the situation. Right. right. And so thinking through like, when would I want to use this? And when I do use it, what are the downsides and what are the, what are the, how do I, you know, um, how do I turn them on? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like literally I didn't, I couldn't like the, their mics weren't working. Cause in the last episode <laughs> it was with Romy and we talked about our, our, his and I trip to Europe, but that was over the phone. He came through I was recording his audio with the with with my phone, and I fixed it during. I I was literally just clicking around in the roadcaster that I use, and then I finally figured out how to get the mic to work. But then, you guys showed up here, and I completely forgot about that issue. So not, neither of your mics were working. So we I figured it out. But then the 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 uh, the the, vol- the power level, the volume level of the mics mm-hmm. of your individual mic was way too high, and we were like picking mm-hmm. up stuff from like. <laughs> overseas was coming through the recording right. so figuring all that out like that was that was wild and we i literally had to do it on the fly yeah so you've got this base base paradigm of you know how the equipment works and what you're you know what you're accomplishing when you're recording an episode mm-hmm. and you know it just notched out just one one tick yep right that base just got a little bit bigger right right and every time you bolt on some new tool like you mm-hmm. sort of have a combinatorial effect of the new types of things that you can accomplish as yeah. you continue to make that base bigger. Yeah. I don't think that came through. I think you're good. Just gonna, every, every podcast episode would not be complete without a gratuitous mic bump. Yes. Usually yes. it's with my 
Oh, I just did it with my face. There we go. Usually it's my headset hitting the microphone as I turn around to listen to somebody. She's like, clink. Yep. Yep. It definitely happens. So uh, anyway, I want to kind of go back to um, the, what was it? The con? con Embercon? No, the con board. Oh, Kanban. Kanban. Yes. Kanban. Thank you. So you described the layout and I want to talk about this because I think, I think it's interesting to talk to you guys because it's fun to go like digest and consume your your guys's content everything but what you guys like really bring to a table like this is providing inspiration tools and maybe like a yeah you can do it get out there and Mm. do it is for creative people to step out of the i think i might do this one day to actually like i'm doing this now Mm -hmm. you guys have a really good avenue on that so when you're talking about like a kanban board Mm-hmm. the way you kind of described it is like almost like they're swim lanes. That's the, yeah. that's corporate speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So swim lanes are like in progress, nice to haves to do's. I know you don't like that word. <laughs> um, and then complete. <laughs> so you can literally pull up what sounds like almost an app or it's like some place that you guys go to and yep. you can see who's working on what, where it's at in the swim lanes mm-hmm. and how close it is to being done. Is that yeah. a fair assessment? Yeah. Yeah. I've, have you, I've, have you so. uh, used Kanban before? It sounds like maybe. No, I haven't. No? But like, I'm. I do a lot of projects at work as as okay. you do. Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. I'm oftentimes and in, heavily involved in working with projects. And there's a project manager, sure. or scrum master, or something who's leading the overall thing. Yep. And we and do I need described to know it pretty are. well, Alex. You did a she great did. job. She did. <laughs> Western level it. dictionary I mean, stuff. Um, but we we had for a while. Like now, it's on hosted on a. Uh, a server it's on github which is the website that we used to to put it but mm-hmm. it was a physical whiteboard in alex's basement which i've seen yeah when i came over and i i got i had the pleasure of filming a danger couch two or three episodes yeah you slapped us with tortillas we got to have a tortilla wait it was like a slap challenge right yeah well we slapped you with tortillas too so yes it, there was a there was a cacophony <laughs> of face slapping with tortillas yes but anyway i got to see some of your guys's work stuff yeah and like i was i remember being blown away by that board so like when you said the kanban thing and online like it connected back to that okay but that's huge like so for my production here it's basically me yeah Mm -hmm. but still there is a huge level of being able to see what's in my mind Mm -hmm. where those different things are ideation or in progress or completed because there is something about seeing especially for you guys all of the work that you've been doing you have had a lot of accomplishments and that has to be a morale booster to be able to go and see like, wow, these are all the things oh, that yeah. we did this year. I mean, if you don't have one, you Get should do one. something like that because seeing what is in the done column or seeing what's yep. in the completed task list is always a booster. Like, yep. I mean, even writing a to-do list at home to get chores done and getting to scratch them off and looking at a long list of scratched off things is yeah. very very morale boosting. Um, yeah. And it's provided so much valuable information for us over the past year. Um, like Alex said, a lot of the content for EmberCon was just generated naturally through the year. Mm. Knowing the things that we did and being able to talk about reflections on what we accomplished last year, we had a list mm. to look at. Yeah. Um, you know, of completed tasks. We yeah. had a lot of statistics and data, and we could guesstimate how long certain projects would take based on, gee, this is our workflow and these are how many completed tasks we got done in the past month, Yeah, you know, and, and get yeah. some idea of how long things take. 
Yeah. This kind of leads actually naturally into one of your earlier questions, which was, you know, how did you plan for something like EmberCon? Yeah. And so again, you know, we start with this top level outcome, EmberCon. Yeah. Right. And start working backward of, okay, what are the intermediate outcomes or what are the pieces, the components that we, that we would need to see in order to have a successful, uh, EmberCon. Yeah. And everything is on, uh, you know, everything is on the table. Like we, you know, we have a literal brainstorming session. We sit down, we talk about it and, um, and what comes out of that are, you know, what, what we call epics. Yeah. Right. And so those epics then have a whole list of intermediate outcomes that we need to be able to see in order to accomplish Embercon. Yeah. Or, you know, the other big epic that we completed in the last uh, half of, of last year was our new studio. Right. That was a, a, a pretty tremendously huge epic. And, um, you know, we, we knew, you know, okay, what, what, you know, in order to get these things done, what are the things that we have to do first and what do we have to do next and staying on task and being able also to just be realistic with ourselves about, okay, like this is how much work we are getting done yeah. on an average week. Yep. Some of this stuff isn't going to get done. So yep. starting to move stuff below the line of like, you know, Embercon is going to happen and X, Y, Z isn't going to be done yet. Yeah. So, let's start compromising early yeah, yeah, so it doesn't like destroy morale Yeah, that we're burning people out trying to hit a, a deadline that's completely implausible. Look at all these things that we're not getting done instead of exactly. like, putting, putting a pause on it yeah. and yeah. deprioritizing things. That yeah, exactly. Deprioritize. And things like EmberCon where, you know, we showcased at least two, yeah, two videos that were like sneak peeks of mm. videos that were mm-hmm. to be released mm-hmm. after the event um, my editing workflow before EmberCon grew a little bit and I was able to squeeze in excess hours before Christmas to try to prep and have videos done Ready in advance, yeah. you know, where I'm not always that ahead. And I just got back from a week long vacation where it's like, I needed to get ahead before that. Yep. Um, and catch up after EmberCon cause that was a lot of work. And then, you know. Now I gotta catch up again. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> this also this all grew out of, you know, I realize this is your show, so you can start talking again in a second. But <laughs> <laughs> let me finish my thought here. Uh, you know, when we when I was on the the show last time, I was talking about a Malik's Minute episode that might eventually come out. Yep. Um, and it did come out mm-hmm. uh, middle of last year. It was, you know, by far the most complex and largest and it was kind of the project from hell in so many ways because it was sprawling. It had so many requirements and so many disparate things, brand new experimental technologies, which I which always you say were still not to learning, do. right? Oh yeah. Still yeah. learning. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so literally, uh, our, our journey with Kanban at Markley bros entertainment started probably within a month of our last conversation Got on it. your, on your podcast because I was actually desperate to figure out how to finish the project. Mm. I was struggling so much trying to just get the project finished. And again, my general recommendation to people is be working on projects that are small enough that you can get them done regularly. Right. 
right? Don't do what I did. Like that was a horrible idea, <laughs> you know, but if you are going to take on a really big project that requires a lot of people to work on it, um, something like Kanban is, is it's a, mm-hmm. it was a lifesaver for us. Cause other, if without it, this, the, the Malik's minute would probably still be spinning. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I said I help Malik's minute editing sometimes it was just for that episode as an emergency because mm. <laughs> he was drowning. And I was like, you know, bro, uh, I can't help with any of this animation stuff, but I can throw some sound effects in. Yeah. I know how to do that. So I, he, I, he let me, <laughs> he let me go at it. And again, we sat down and, and wrote down all the sounds that we wanted and yeah. the wish list things, the, the outcomes that we wanted in the episode. And some of those were like, Hey, if we have time for this, that'd be great. And we didn't cause we knew where, where we needed to cut off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hundred percent. Um, you kind of glazed over this, Alex. I'm going to bring it back. Uh, you got a few more minutes here. You guys finished a studio in 2022, a film production yes. studio. Tell us about that. That's legit. It is. Le- it looks legit. From the, I mean, <laughs> that could be just because you edited the video. I haven't seen it in person. Maybe <laughs> it's not even a real studio. Yep. No. All, it's all CGI. I'm a really good <laughs> video editor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking. Um, it, it is it is the thing that we're most excited about right now. Uh, it is it was our biggest aside from you know that Malik's Minute episode, which was by far our biggest accomplishment of mm-hmm. of twenty twenty two. The studios was probably you know the the real high on that list uh, yep. of best biggest accomplishments for the year, and uh, it represents a whole new chapter in our ability to. Uh, to create content, you know, rapidly and, uh, with the vision that we, you know, uh, exactly the artistic vision that we have, um, Mm -hmm. not to be compromising, not to be squeezed in my basement, (laughs) you know, or, you know, tear apart your guest room to make a green screen studio Mm -hmm. and just, you know, it really boosts the morale of your whole family when we tear apart your life from inside your house. I mean, I can attest to the, uh, (laughs) the burden that is placed on your family when you're doing things in house. Cause we used to do this podcast mm-hmm. in house. There's no video. So just, just the fact of like getting our kitchen, which you've, that was where we recorded your episode. Mm-hmm. So we're in our kitchen at our kitchen Island, but that's like right in our front door in the kitchen and mm-hmm. the living room, it's all open. So like Kim doesn't like having a mess when people come over. So she would always have to clean everything. So it's a, it was a huge lift mm-hmm. to do things present. So same thing or similar doing things at your house is such a huge um, thing to put on your family. So now you have a location. Well, you can also, you can immediately measure even without the family burden, right? Like all this equipment, you know, setting up microphones and boom arms and wiring and all right. of that kind of stuff, you know, that can, that can, that can vary for, for something like this, very nearly double the production time Correct. for every single episode. Yes. If you have to set it up and tear it down and set it up and tear it down and yes. set it up and tear it down. Uh, it's, it's a horrible, it, I mean, it's, it's a terrible way to, to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and so if you have to not only set up all the equipment, but tear it down. Oh, and also put the whole room back together because it's where you live. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having a studio is going to be really good for so many reasons. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. So when did, mm-hmm. when did, I mean, I don't, I think that's when I found out that you guys had a, like had been building and then had finished a studio is when I was at the EmberCon. So when did you guys start working on it? Uh, it was, we started really working on it in earnest in October. 
October and then it was done by December. Yeah, I mean, we still, even to this day, we have lingering to-do list items. Done, Never done with air quotes. Yeah. Well, done and it's the, you know, this outcome, we had a filming day scheduled for December. Mm-hmm. And the outcome and the goal that we were shooting for was to film that filming day in the new in studio. Because we were far enough into the project where it was like, this is this is going to boost morale a lot when we film. Yeah. And... um we really just want to get out of the basement and get stuff. So, you know, the goal was to get it done enough that it would be suitable for filming. Yeah. And yes, yeah. you know, we had to move all the furniture and move all the equipment out so that the floor could get redone and, and fix some things. And we still have a, a, you know, list of outcomes that we were aiming for to yeah. improve, mm-hmm. but we got it to where it could work. Mm-hmm. and where we could get stuff done. So again, having the flexibility, agile, yes. you know, being agile, mm-hmm. it helped a lot. Yeah. Yeah, if you're following along with the timeline here, right, we needed to have, you know, literally the first or second Saturday of January mm-hmm. having Embercon, right, announcing the new studio, showing a behind-the-scenes of building the studio. Yep. Uh, and... You know, it really would not have showing an episode that was filmed in the new studio. Yeah, Yeah. I was thinking it it really would not have gone over super well, in my opinion. I think I think it would have landed a little bit flat if we were, you know, also screening some new unreleased content, which had not been filmed in the new studio, but was still filmed in our basement. Mm -hmm. You know, I so it was really important to me then as we walked backward on the timeline to say if we can film on December 10th in the new studio that would be our that would be our most successful you know uh outcome and and that's exactly We really wanted to have something big and exciting to announce and share with the people who came and yeah. participated at Embercon and it really was worth it. it oh yeah, off. it landed. It landed big time. Yeah, I think I burns, you know, like a, an extra year of my life, <laughs> you know, but that's okay. We'll miss you. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. As long as it just lop it off at the end. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. Did you cut that by the way? The, the, the building of the studio? Yes. Um, I, I fully edited that. Um, there was some ping pong with Alex to get, you know, Hey, here's the first cut. What changes, you know? And we sat down, he wrote, he had me write down notes, um, about like, hey, this is what I want it to look like. Yeah, you got to go through all the footage, you know. And there was a lot. Oh, but no we, doubt. We were trying to film a lot when we were working. Yeah, you know, because he really wanted to be able to take people with us on the journey, which was great. I think yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and it and it felt good to be able to edit that video. I was not super hands on in the building of the studio. Yeah. Um, you know, I I I made space and time for Drew to go help, which is a big deal. But that is, that is a huge deal. Um, Drew's your husband, and he is. You can find him on Danger Couch, and he is on a lot of the the productions. Yeah, he's awesome. He's hilarious. He's super supportive, not only of all on the, the Markley Bros stuff, <laughs> um, but uh, but also of me and having time to to do my part of Markley Bros. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah, it's huge. It was clearly a family effort across multiple families. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So um, we're getting uh, close to an hour here. I want to be respectful of your guys' time. Um, so I'm going to get ready to kind of clear or close down the episode. But uh, I just, I'll just i get give both of you opportunity to share your kind of final thoughts. But I'd kind of like to maybe hear what's coming up that you guys can share 
for Markley Bros Entertainment, and then just kind of any closing thoughts that you have, maybe encouragement for people out there that want to be any kind of content creator. So I guess my cl- my closing thoughts, I'm always interested in fascinating hearing what you guys are working on, kind of like what I was alluding to earlier. Um, I thought a lot about, I've mentioned this several times on this podcast, um, but when I was thinking about doing this podcast, it was a lot of thinking about doing this podcast, not as much about doing the podcast. And I remember we had a conversation and you basically said something along the lines of like, yeah, don't think about it too much because then you'll never do it. It's okay to not have it perfected before you start like kicking stuff out. And I can be a perfectionist. So I kind of remember taking that to heart and being like, okay, well, let's just figure, let me figure out what the end goal is. The end goal is to have a, is start kicking out episodes. What do I need to do that? And I've researched what I needed just to do that. And I started with a couple USB condenser microphones and kicked out season one, figured out that I really like doing it. And then I got this nicer equipment and now I've been, now I love doing it um, and I don't want to go back. So just your ability to kind of show people and to bring people together is really well, your, your ability to bring people together as, as the community of Markley Bros Entertainment is really fascinating. But on top of that, just your ability t- to inspire people to go out and like produce something and create something that they might not otherwise create is really awesome. And so I always just want to encourage people as part of my journey. I want to be able to encourage people to be m- produce more than you consume Stop being a consumer because we can. We are in a culture of massive consumption, where you can binge an entire series of something in one sitting, uh, and while you eat hot head burrito and whatever other <laughs> things that you feel like consuming, like you're, it's just so easy to be a consumer of things. So instead, mm-hmm. like access the part of you that can that can create something. I appreciate that, but I also want you to know that if you communicate that really well, they just turn the podcast off. They're not listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because you can They're, listen to yes. the podcast while you produce something. <laughs> oh, there we go. Boy. <laughs> That's what I was doing today. I was I was, you know, making a huge mess in my basement while listening to your podcast. Prepare for this conversation. Yeah, well, and you said closing words to encourage, like yes. that that would be mine. And it's it's borrowed from Alex, but the and from experience, you know, being micromanaged through early years <laughs> of Markley Bros. And then even when I started um making my own videos, which I have my own YouTube channel, but all of my content is on the MBE.tv app as Got well. Um it. because Alex was like, yeah, there's space for those things. I started vlogging when I had an iPhone and the camera and I got an editor app on my phone because I didn't have a computer. Yeah. And yeah, the quality was kind of garbage, but I started putting out videos like once a month. And I mean, I'm up past like a hundred of my own vlogs mm-hmm. and just having those to look back on with the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's inspired and encouraged me to start doing like cute comedies with my kids, which is kind of like little rascal type things. Like, yeah, the kids are encouraged by that. They yeah. sometimes write or come up with their own ideas of like, Hey, let's make this funny video mom. Yeah. And I think it's great. Like I want Huge. to encourage not yeah. only the, the viewers and the listeners, but, but like my own kids and my own yeah. nephews, like it's, it's fun. It's been great. And your kids would not have that opportunity otherwise. Like you, so you creating that huge opportunity for your kids to learn 
and then like who knows what's firing inside their little brains that's that is going to affect them in positive ways down the line yeah so you know I, I hope that happens for for the listeners as well because it doesn't have to be perfect for you to mm. make it put it out hear feedback and grow and in it and enjoy your process yeah and as long as you're making it or making something that you enjoy, yeah. other people are going to enjoy it too. Yeah, that's good. Alex, closing thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, we we spent a fair bit of our last conversation, you know, really talking about the underlying motivation and and, and drive for creativity and, and why, you know, the, the value of that. So I won't, you know, rehash all of that just to encourage folks to, Maybe go back and go back listen, and listen to that episode, right? But mm. I would say, you know, there's always this tension where I'm talking about um, ways to uh, enable and empower creatives through, you know, technology and through methodologies and through collaboration and community. Mm-hmm. And these are all things that I believe in very, very much and things that that I'm experiencing on a daily basis. And I want people to be able to experience them with me. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a tension because, you know, I am not a full-time creative yet. Right. Uh, I'm, you know, my uh, my bills are paid by uh, by a big employer. And um, and so I have I have the privilege of being able to self-finance a lot of little failed businesses. Yeah all the time, just failed <laughs> businesses left and right. <laughs> so I understand that that's a privilege and that's something yeah. that what I really want to get to a place uh, is, is I want to get to the point where not only am I personally a successful self-employed creative mm-hmm. using these learnings, using these techniques, using you know, all, all of the, the blessings that I've received, mm-hmm. but that I can turn around and lift others up as well, that I yes. can enable uh, and and uh, and empower others through sharing the lessons that I've learned, mm-hmm. but also to literally invest in people by spending time with them, by having conversations with them, or, you know, giving them actual access to equipment, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But it really all boils down to, you know, you got to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. I can, I can talk all day, but, um, you know, unfortunately or fortunately there's a, there's a, uh, a threshold in our, our society where if you're not making a living doing it, then, you know, there's no good reason to listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I believe that there's this enormous treasure trove of, of, um, you know, uh, of learnings that, you know, again, I think I said in the last episode, School of Hard Knocks. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to a day when I can share share with people uh, out of my success uh, ways that they can in turn be successful. Yeah, that's awesome. So can you guys talk at all real quick in closing about anything that's upcoming that you want to share for Markley Bros Entertainment? Yeah. Um, so I'm delighted uh, by the the new episodes of both Danger Couch and Ohioville Nine that are now coming out on a, a monthly basis, mm-hmm. those are very exciting. Uh, we are going to be um, we are going to be at uh, Cleveland uh, Fan Expo in March. That's going to be exciting. So would love to see everybody out for that. And 
I am uh, I'm I'm getting ready to begin filming the next Malik's Minute. Awesome uh, episode. So lots yeah, of fun. Stuff very there. very exciting meeting held late last year, but we we laid out some plans and some big plot ideas for the Malik's Minute universe, and we're really excited to get get the scripts rolling and some footage going for for sharing some of that story more with our audience. Well, even at the EmberCon, I think you also said that um, there's shared universe between mm-hmm. Ohioville yes. and the Malik's Minute. Yes. And there's maybe more there. Because more the, the, the Malik's Minute takes place in Ohioville. Mm-hmm. And Ohioville 9 is just sharing sharing the news from within that universe. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's not, uh, it's not obvious, but um, in my head canon, when... Linus is watching TV in the latest episode and he like throws popcorn all over the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my, in my head, he's watching Ohioville nine. It's probably not nightly news. Yeah. But it might be like a, a local access cooking show. Uh-huh. That he's watching something like that. <laughs> so it's just, just a little tidbit there. I love it. Okay. So how can people find you on discord? It's easiest if you go to our website. So mbe.tv, we have a join us button and that will take you to uh, our Discord link. But we also have been putting Discord links in the description of our latest videos. So in, on YouTube. Make sure, yep. Make okay. sure people have access to that. So MBE, standing for Markley Bros Entertainment, mbe.tv. Go there, join the Discord. Can they get to the app the same way? They can. Okay. Yep. So go download the app, folks. Go join the Discord. Say hi in the Discord. And uh, go on YouTube and start enjoying. Uh, and it's Markley Bros Entertainment on YouTube as well. That's YouTube correct. YouTube channel. Okay. So go enjoy some YouTube content. Go join the community on Discord and download that app and enjoy the content there. And we will go ahead and leave this episode here. Um, Alex, Susie, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks thank for you. having us. Absolutely. All right, everybody. We will see you next time. So long. Bye.